Your podcast starts after this quick message from Clear. The average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for allergens and germs to get in your nose and body and wreak havoc. That is, unless you regularly clean your nose and sinuses. So for healthy breathing and a strong body, use Clear Nasal Spray. Clear is a natural nasal spray featuring xylitol, an ingredient clinically proven to work against bacteria and effectively clean, not just rinse, your nose. Clear Nasal Spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. In fact, in a recent study, researchers found that xylitol nasal sprays like Clear are just as effective as leading medicated nasal sprays. For better breathing, get Clear today. That's spelled X-L-E-A-R. You can find it at all major retailers, CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, Sprouts, Whole Foods, and everywhere else. Radio MD. Radio MD. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children, where all of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking to new parents. If you are pregnant, or you have just had a baby, this is a very exciting time. New babies are one of the most exciting things that can happen to a couple. However, in this unprecedented time of COVID, it can also be one of the scariest times. Joining us today is Dr. Elizabeth Mead. She's a pediatric hospitalist and the medical director of patient safety for pediatrics at Swedish Medical Center in Seattle. Dr. Mead, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you join us today. As I said in my intro, it's such an exciting time. I have two teens. I loved new baby time, but it can also, in this time, I can't imagine, be so scary. So let's start with the risks first. If you are a pregnant woman and COVID is still here, the risks to baby for a pregnant woman that's maybe out and about or doing these things, tell us about some of the risks and what you've seen. You know, unfortunately, this is one of those things where I wish that we had better data, but as this is so new, we're really learning every day about about what the risks are. I will say that in general, pregnant women tend to be more susceptible themselves to viral illnesses, specifically things like COVID. So we certainly have concerns that mom herself could become seriously ill if she's exposed to COVID. And there are some data to suggest that they may be more at risk for things like preterm labor um, or having baby early. The interesting thing about COVID is that in general, children are relatively spared, which is wonderful, but we certainly anticipate that there is some risk to a fetus or a newborn if mom contracts COVID herself. So going into labor, preparing for labor is a scary time anyway, but right now, tell us what you've seen hospitals around the country doing as far as visitors, somebody mm-hmm. to be with you during labor, what, what can they expect when they're going to their local community hospital for, you know, PPE and protocols, all of that stuff? Yeah. You know, I think this is one of the things that's that's giving new parents the most anxiety, at least my patients. And, and I think that's for good reason, um, in the sense that, again, those things are changing very rapidly. So really towards the beginning of the pandemic, 
um, most hospital systems were being extraordinarily limiting in terms of who could come. So um, most most hospitals would say, you know, there can be one support person in the room, whether that's a partner or a doula or a family member or someone else, um, but really everyone else was limited. And I think that most hospital systems are continuing to limit visitors for good reason, which is really to, you know, limit the number of people coming into the hospital and try to protect everyone from exposure. Many hospital systems have relaxed a bit to say that moms can have one support person, which is often a spouse or a partner. Um, and some hospital systems will also al allow someone like a doula. But certainly this is not the time that parents may have been thinking about or anticipating where you're going to have family members and siblings and parents and all sorts of people um, in the room at the time or soon after you, you give birth. And that really is such a shame. I mean, I feel blessed and lucky. It was 20 years ago, but there was like 13 people in the room. And I know yeah, we can't yeah. even do anything close to that now. So once a mother has the baby, then she's mm -hmm. in the hospital. What about that baby in, in the, you know, sitting there in the newborn unit in maternity? Does she worry about that? So most hospitals, I would say the vast majority of hospitals in the United States no longer have sort of a nursery where babies are cohorted together. So babies really room in with moms and with parents, um, which is good. And many hospital systems are testing women who are coming in in labor or women who are coming in for induction or C-section in particular to see whether or not they have COVID. So if a mom is negative, she can expect pretty much routine newborn care. Baby will stay in the room with her, with another parent or support person if that person is present, and then nurses will come into the room to do patient care. I will say that at Swedish, for example, we are being extraordinarily careful in terms of using appropriate PPE, all the things we typically did, which is hand washing in between patients, using hand sanitizer, not reusing equipment, those sorts of things, but are just ever more conscious of that right now. If a mom is suspected to have COVID or confirmed to have COVID, things may look a little bit different. And at that point, the care team really would have a conversation with the parents or the parent about what's appropriate. So for example, if mom is known to be COVID positive, there are recommendations from the American Academy of Pediatrics and from the CDC that baby be separated from mom. And hospitals are really faced right now with trying to interpret what that means. Does it mean having the baby in a separate room, which probably has some benefit in terms of limiting the baby's exposure to COVID, but obviously has negative consequences in terms of things like bonding and breastfeeding for parents? Or does it mean babies in the same room with mom, but six feet apart, separated with a curtain and some other specifics that we can talk about in terms of limiting that risk? So you mentioned breastfeeding and rooming in with mom. Is it safe to breastfeed during COVID? And if the mom does test positive, then what? So we have fairly good evidence that it does not look like COVID is transmitted through breast milk. And as we know, there are significant benefits to breastfeeding babies, just one of which is getting some passive antibodies that help protect babies from all sorts of infection, but theoretically from COVID as well if mom is positive. So we certainly want babies to get breast milk. There are a couple of ways that we can go about that. So probably the safest way in terms of transmission risk is to have mom pump and then have a healthy or uninfected caregiver feed the baby pumped breast milk. We also know that breastfeeding itself is really important to many people, and it can be very helpful in terms of milk supply and in terms of bonding with families. So um, if parents do choose to breastfeed, if mom chooses to breastfeed, we recommend that she wears a mask while she breastfeeds. If she, Again, this is all if she's COVID positive, that she washes her hands before and after and also cleans off her breast before the baby feeds. 
That's great advice and important for new parents to hear. So now they get released from the hospital, go home. Everyone wants to see the baby, but with social distancing, quarantine, is it safe to have visitors, even if you are socially distant, having your visitors come? Tell us about navigating all of that with visitors and social distancing. Gosh, I think this is one of the toughest things that we're all dealing with right now. And certainly for new parents, this is this is a real stickler because we want people to be able to see their family and see their support systems. And we also recognize that all of us need to adhere to social distancing guidelines, even if, and probably especially if we have a new baby in the house. So I think there are ways to go about this. You know, people have gotten very creative with um, video visits and all sorts of other things and Zoom calls. Um, Certainly lots of families are having people sort of do drive-by visits where they come by the house, don't come into the house, but stand outside at at least six feet apart and at least be able to chat with each other wearing masks and all that sort of thing. I think that's all wonderful. Um, I think that families have a lot of questions about who should come into the house. And I would say in this instance, very few people. So I think that, again, all of us are sort of trying to follow those guidelines here in Washington State. The recommendation at this point in King County, where I live, is seeing no more than five people in a week that are outside your household. And those recommendations will vary depending on where those new parents live and what the transmission rates are like in their communities. But I think that lots of folks want to have grandparents come, and this is one of the most tricky questions that we have. Some solution that I think lots of families have found is to essentially form a household bubble. So if there are grandparents who are going to be coming to stay, for example, that they become part of your household, and and depending on where they're coming from, they may actually need to quarantine for a while before they come to your house if they've been traveling by air, for example. But I think some families are are finding some solace in being able to have that bubble, just a couple of other people that are family members that essentially can become part of their household for some duration of time. So not coming and going, not seeing other people, but really staying in the house with them. And I think that's one way that families have sort of figured out they can have some support, they can have the help that they may need, especially with a newborn, but really try to mitigate that risk as much as possible. Well, thank you for that answer. And now, you know, some people still have to go out for groceries. They're doing things. Mom wants to get out, take a walk, do things with baby. What about taking baby to the grocery store when they're a few months older? You know, not not very newborn, but a few months older. Are we masking our little babies? Do we just not take them? What do we do? Is it safe to go out in the world with baby? great question. You know, I think there are two sides to that answer. So when it comes to things like a grocery store or a pharmacy, for newborns, I would say absolutely not. For older infants, ideally not. So we would recommend that infants and babies um, don't go to public places like that where they're encountering other people or having potential exposure. That being said, if it's a, a parent who is just one parent who doesn't have help and needs to find a way around that, I think there are sort of real world problems that we face and we talk through with our patients every day. From another perspective, outdoor time is something that we think probably is pretty safe. So outdoor activities, if you're not in close proximity to other people, have quite a low risk of transmission. And we are very grateful to now be in summertime, where in most places in the country, you can be outside comfortably with your young infant. So getting outside for a walk, going to a park where, again, you're not coming in close proximity with other people, doing things like that, I think can be wonderful, not just for physical activity, but really for our mental health as well. And especially if you're a new parent and you feel like you're sort of cooped up in the house 24 hours a day with your newborn, it can really, really be helpful to at least get outside a little bit. So then Dr. Mean, 
obviously with our newborns, there are well visits. There's our vaccinations, which mm-hmm. are so important. And there's our first week visit and then our second week and all of these visits that some can't be done telehealth. So when you're bringing your baby to your pediatrician, what would you like new parents to know? Do we cover baby to go into the doctor's office? Do we put a tiny mask on them? What do we do for those well visits? And please also reiterate the importance of vaccinations at this time. So some parents, new parents, don't think, oh, well, COVID, let's skip all those vaccines because now's not the time to go get them. Great question. So first of all, we don't recommend wearing a mask for babies or children under two. For older kids, we do recommend it. And I would say actually most older kids are getting pretty used to this and are pretty well able to tolerate a mask. We have a five-year-old in my house who's kind of a pro at this at this point. But for kids under two and babies, we do not recommend wearing masks. We also don't recommend covering them to try to come into the office. I think you mentioned a critical point, which is that vaccines remain essential to keeping our children healthy and safe. Here in Washington State, just last year in 2019, we had a measles outbreak. So we know that we are intensely vulnerable. And if we have another epidemic or pandemic on top of COVID, that could really be incredibly dangerous, not just for kids, but also for adults. Those first visits after birth. So after you go home from the hospital, there's a visit a couple of days after you go home, usually a couple of weeks after you go home. And then things start to space out to two, four, and six months, as long as everything is going well with your child. All of those visits, I would say, are really important to do in person. So we need to have an accurate weight on the baby right after they're first born. We need to check them for jaundice, which can be difficult to do over video. And then it's really helpful, I think, for parents to be able to talk face-to-face with their pediatrician at that point, especially if this is your first baby and it may be a new doctor that you're encountering. There are intense measures that pediatric offices are taking to make sure those visits are safe. So offices are doing things like seeing only well visits and, and young infant visits in the morning and then seeing only sick visits in the afternoon and doing a deep clean of the entire office before the next day when they start seeing well babies and infants again. They're also doing things like coming out to the car to do visits if it's appropriate. And they're certainly trying to do telephone or video virtual visits whenever possible for anybody who's symptomatic. So older kids who have any symptom that could be consistent with COVID, they're trying to keep those visits virtual whenever possible in order to limit exposure in the office. Well, that certainly is encouraging for new parents. Now, the stress of being a new parent, the fear, the excitement, all of those things, am I going to raise this child right? All of those things about keeping your baby safe, which is really a parent's number one concern, right? Well, right now, we're all concerned about a pandemic. And Tell us a little bit about managing the emotional challenges of not only this pandemic, but a new baby as well. And does that increase a woman's risk for postpartum depression? What advice can you give couples that have a new baby about managing their stress at this time? Yeah, this is such an acutely stressful time for everyone, really certainly exacerbated for new parents who are concerned, number one, about keeping their baby safe, keeping themselves safe now that they have a new infant in the home, potentially having siblings at home who normally would be at school for part of the day. And so they would be able to just focus on the new baby. Families are facing financial strains. They are facing strains related to jobs. They're feeling the pressure of being in the house all the time and not having their typical support systems. So 
first, I want to just acknowledge that um, this is an incredibly difficult time to be anyone, but certainly to be a new parent. I think there are things that people should watch for. So yes, we're concerned about increased risk of postpartum depression or anxiety or other postpartum mood disorders. And I would say regarding that, that women need to pay very close attention to their mood, to their emotional state, and their partner should be paying attention to that as well. There's so much opportunity to do telehealth visits in this age that this is a real chance if someone is really feeling down, if they're feeling concerned about their mental health, if, if they're feeling like this is not, you know, sort of baby blues, but this is something that really is affecting my ability to live my life, to care for my child and to care for myself, that they reach out immediately to their OB or their primary care doctor to get some resources. And often they can have a psychiatric visit or a therapy visit virtually without even to have, having to leave the home. I think it's really, really, really important that we pay attention to this and that we watch closely and we really monitor moms and dads as well. Certainly dads can have um, postpartum uh, mood disorders, even though they're not the one giving birth, and just make sure that we're really staying on top of that. You know, we can't care for our kids without caring for ourselves first. And so I think that has to be part of our, um, our plan for this pandemic. Can't take care of the ones we love unless we put our own mask on. What did the the airline says it perfectly? You know, we we have to put ours on, and then we can take care of those that we love, which is what we do. We take care of everybody and everything. Wrap it up for us, Doctor Mead, with your best advice for new parents, new couples, and their babies, and what you want them to know during these unprecedented times when they do have that new little exciting baby. You know, I would say the most important things are number one, again, to keep up with that routine healthcare, both for your infant and for yourself. This is not a time where we should be letting those things fall by the wayside. Number two, really pay close attention to how you're doing, how baby's doing, how your partner's doing, and seek support in whatever way feels safe to do that, whether that's virtually, with drive-by visits, or any way that you can find to really find support. There are lots of groups online where new parents can go to find other folks going through the exact same thing. And then finally, I would say there is some silver lining here. So despite all of these challenges that new parents are facing, there are many families who are having really, really blocked time together in a way that they've never been able to have before. So if there's a partner who's not the partner who gave birth, that person is often home right now, much more than they would be able to when everyone was sort of doing their normal day-to-day life. So I think take advantage of that time that you have all together as a family, that time you have to bond with your newborn and really to spend that intense focused time as a family together. This is something that doesn't come along very often. And I think that is the silver lining that we can take from the situation. It's great advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Mead, for coming on and giving hope and encouragement to new parents out there at this time when great stress and yet great joy intermix with each other. So thank you again. You're listening to Healthy Children. Our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. You know we love our pediatricians here at Radio MD. Share this show with any new parents that you know. Share it on your social media. You can listen at Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere that podcasts are played, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole for Healthy Children. Stay well.